Welcome back to the School of Calisthenics podcast with Tim and Jacko. Now, this week's podcast is sponsored by Player Layer, and they have just launched an eco legging which is made out of none other than recycled water bottles. Each pair of leggings is made out of 25 water bottles taken out of the ocean, making each leg of the leggings only 12.5 recycled water bottles each. This really resonates with us because calisthenics is a natural form of training using only our body weight as a resistance. So you can help to keep the environment natural as well, keep the oceans clean of plastic by wearing and buying eco leggings from Player Layer. And you can find out more and check them out at our website at schoolofcalisthenics.com forward slash eco leggings. Welcome back to School of Calisthenics, a playground session with Tim and Jacko. And this week we are inviting another one of our awesome students onto the playground to have a conversation about their training. These guys, Jacko, never cease to amaze and inspire me. No, this is uh, this is this is a fantastic one with uh, with Amy, who is in an illustrious club of um, mums that muscle up. Um, so she is. Um, Got an amazing story. I won't tell you to ruin it by telling you too much about it. But um, if you've seen her on Instagram, you'll have seen her muscle up, or you've seen the graduation that we shared recently. She's been working through the the virtual classroom um, course for the, for the ring muscle up and redefined that recently. But there's a whole heap of um, training background that's gone into this that included about eight or nine years of literally not training um, after she'd had her kids. And uh, there's an, it's a fantastic motivational and inspiring story i'm sure you'll you'll take it as as much inspiration as we've done from amy about um what redefining impossible can look like and should look like for you yeah i love this one i was absolutely buzzing by the time we finished it um so inspiring um so much positive energy and so much to share so guys sit back and enjoy this one i'm sure you're gonna love it this is amy cordero on the school of calisthenics playground session Amy, welcome to School of Calisthenics, a playground session. We are so excited to have you here. A yes. really um, prominent and exciting member of our community um, as part of the virtual classroom, which has helped us give or gives an opportunity to engage with you more. And we are so excited to have a nice little chat All and get the into way some of the training. From America. And Tim, Texas is in America, but that is not where Amy is from, which yeah, I previously thought. Let's not get stuck into that. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Excited to talk with you. So, yeah, so Amy, um, you recently redefined your impossible and became a, an official graduate and joined Muscle Up Club with your ring muscle. We can see the smile beaming from your face, but as now as you as we talk about it. Um, but so, where did you know you sort of um, came in? Came up or sort of on the radar for us in terms of seeing your name popping up and sharing a few messages on on Instagram and stuff. You 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 wanted uh, and you're wearing it now the uh, the hoodie as soon as it came out, which is awesome. Yeah, and with pride and uh, and you joined the virtual classroom straight away and you work through that to, to get towards your muscle up and we'll get to that later but just just give us a bit of a background I've seen you doing various other types of training obviously in the CrossFit gym seen you're doing like some serious badass deadlifting and, and whatnot just give us a little bit of an introduction to who you are where you've come from from a training point of view and anything else that you want to add in that that might add a bit of spice to it okay sure yeah I didn't Calisthenics wasn't where I, where I started. I actually started, I uh, had a lot of on again, off again, starts and stops over the years. Um, way back when, when I was getting um, ready for my 
my wedding, which was going to be on Miami Beach, is when I first joined a gym. Um, right. Well over How a decade. Well over a decade ago now. Right. <laughs> um, got married in 2006 and joined a gym. Fell in love with lifting, lifting heavy weights. But at that time, it was more about kind of weight loss, getting ready for the wedding. But I also joined um, boot camp classes. I got a trainer who was really motivating, and he did a lot of boxing. And so he actually had me in the boxing ring doing some boxing, just love different things, moving my body differently, pushing myself. Thought I would be um, kind of that ideal fit mom pregnancy type person after I got (laughs) married and had a kid. I had some complications actually with pregnancy and was put on uh, temporary bed rest and wasn't allowed to lift anything heavier than a gallon of milk. So my plans of continuing lifting and building strength were put on hold. And so how long ago was that? Sorry. That was my daughter was born in 2007. So that was 2006, okay. 2007. And yeah, put that on hold for about 10 years before I found the gym again. It took me, um, like I said at the beginning, some on again, off again attempts to try to get fitter, try to get healthier, try to get back there because I knew that I'd loved it and I had a passion for it. But life got in the way. I got busy. Grad school, work, kids, my whole life changed and I couldn't find time didn't make time to prioritize myself, my health right. and my fitness. So between 07 and 2017, you didn't really do a, an awful lot of, you just- I spent maybe two to three months where I would start some kind of fitness, like I do some hit training or some different kinds of stuff at home and try to do it, but I just didn't manage to sustain it more than yeah. probably two, three months at a time. And at that time I wow. was doing some body weight stuff, learning how to do pistol squats and those kinds of things. Okay, um, cool. And then I think I kind of hit my rock bottom health-wise and body image-wise. Um, just I didn't have any confidence. It was two and a half years after my youngest child is born. I have two daughters. And yeah. I found myself two and a half years later unable to fit into my largest pair of maternity jeans that I'd worn when I was pregnant with her. And I had, and that was at a point that I was like, two and a half years is plenty of time to have kind of gotten that baby weight off and gotten back and gotten healthy. And so um, I went went out and I said, I'm going to join a gym, but somehow I've got to make it different this time. This time it's got to stick. Um, yeah. Talked to a bunch of friends about it, kind of put it out there in the open that this time I'm going to make a difference. I was having some health issues, um, high cholesterol and some other things that were just, you know, it wasn't feeling very well and knew yeah. that I needed to make that change and sustain that change. So joined a gym in 2015, um, beginning kind of primarily with the goals, honestly, of just weight loss and, and aesthetics, but then it evolved over time. Um, I remember training myself on my own for a while, found some programs on bodybuilding.com that were kind of a combination of um, barbell work and bodybuilding work and, um, and calisthenics and plyometrics, which I really loved, learn, learn how to do box jumps, those kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. um, but then eventually found a trainer decided to go into, I thought I wanted still kind of more aesthetic focus back then. And I was like, I want to be built like a bodybuilder, but I don't want to compete in bodybuilding. And somehow that evolved to me actually competing in bodybuilding. (laughs) Oh, right. So you have done. Wow. (laughs) I have. Yeah. I did that in October, uh, 2016, I think. Yeah. And so it was not really for me, but it was really fun to push myself in a way to do something that I never thought I would be confident or comfortable doing. I thought that I would be terrified on the stage, pretty shy person, and didn't think that I would really be able to enjoy the actual experience, even though I wanted to do the prep leading up to it, just to kind of see how much I could push myself and control and you know my body to change. And having these different goals yeah. was motivated me to stick with 
continuing to be consistent. Um, but I actually loved it. I had a great time on the on the stage <laughs> for that experience. But then I knew like that's it. This is that you know that this isn't the way that I want to continue in terms of my training. I don't have aspirations of you know being a national level bodybuilder or those things. But from there, it evolved into powerlifting. I'd been working with the barbell all throughout that bodybuilding. And that was what really drew me in, like adding weight to the bar and being able to get stronger and feel better and move differently. Um, ended up competing in powerlifting for a couple of years. Still am a competitive powerlifter. I actually have a, have a meet coming up. But within that all, I um, ended up doing, like finding my way into calisthenics as well. What an amazing story. I think you're very competitive. I was well. gonna, that, that was coming exactly out of that, the question definitely. I was going to ask. So I love it. Anything that you've sort of like, since you started getting back into training, anything that you've sort of lent your or your attention to or you've sort of dedicated some time towards, you've actually gone to take to quite a high level. There's so much stuff I could go yeah. back into. Like we're we're going to unpick it. Um, and particularly when I come back to the bodybuilding, because I think I've been saying, I've been nervous about going on stage. Give me one of those tans. I'm going to walk out there like... I want to see Colin him. McGregor. I want to see, I want to see him a challenge of actually doing it. I think it'd be brilliant. But what, what is it now about that sort of like competitive streak? So calisthenics, unless you're going to tell us that you're about to enter sort of battle of the bars in, in the next year or something, like the, the, the competition isn't really sort of focused on other people. There's not really like a peak point where you're going to have to be ready to do something and I think there's some really interesting stuff about what you said around accountability when you first started you told people that you're going to do this thing mm. so I guess it's sort of like a, a two-part question really like how did that make a big difference if you actually sort of verbalize it because I do the same thing I tell people things I'm going to do because I think I'm now it's going to hold me accountable exactly um, and where where do you find now that where's the, the challenge and what feeds that competitive desire that you have in calisthenics so, yeah, absolutely. I think the accountability played a huge part for me. I actually started, I wasn't active on Instagram back when I joined a gym. I just used Facebook, but I started an Instagram account solely for the purposes of like, I'm going to put it out there and I'm going to share my journey and I'm going to tell people this is what I'm doing. And at that time, you know, it's just me and my group of people I knew in real life, my friends, my family who were supporting me and following me. And it's like, if I put it out there, then I'm going to feel that pressure on myself because I am that competitive person and I want to see myself succeed and show that I can do this. So I think just kind of having that accountability aspect to it, which is kind of where my Instagram account started, but it's quite evolved since then, um, has really helped. And as far as the competitiveness and what you talk about in terms of calisthenic of it being competitive with yourself, really for me, bodybuilding and powerlifting are actually the same thing. It wasn't me being on that stage to compete with anybody else. For powerlifting, I'm not going out on that platform to compete with the other people that are there that day. I'm there to beat the numbers that I put up at my last meet or in the gym and always trying to progress and be better than I was yesterday. You know, kind of that, that, that way of thinking. We'd like to interrupt this broadcast today to bring you a customer service announcement and we want to tell you how excited we are about the virtual classroom where our online community of amazing people are working together to redefine their impossible and achieve things in calisthenics that they never thought they would be able to, Jacko. Yeah, if you've not thought about it yet, you should really consider uh, becoming a member of the virtual classroom. You become part of that supportive community and you then get access to absolutely every single training program we've got, every workout we do, every challenge, every webinar and there is specific 
specific courses in there for everything from beginners to, to handstands and human flags and everything in between. You get access to all of it. You get to learn at your own pace online with us within the supportive community of people encouraging each other to redefine their impossible. Guys, it's really something special. We would love it if you come and check it out. And until you do check it out and we see you in there, let's get back to our regularly scheduled programme. And I guess that competition gives you a dead point where you've got to you've got to you've got to, you've got a point you've got, yeah, you've got, you've got, to, got ca- to turn up on that day and you're going to have to lift some weight so it forces you to go through the process and puts a little bit of urgency on it whereas I think that's one thing that people really struggle with with gym training in general when you started to talk about how do you make it stick is that it's it can very easily just have no end point it just kind of goes and ebbs and flows as life does and you get to the point where yeah, just if it's not that if you haven't got that clarity and what, what it is that you're is actually driving you, I think it does become quite difficult yeah. to stick with. Well, I think you did it, you've done a great job in going, you know, it sounds great now, but when what you described was from 05 to or 07 to 2015, actually, you weren't able to get it stick, and that's a long time to yeah. go around like trying to get back in shape and trying to get something to stick. And then you've you've found this process that's that's working, um, for you. I'd I want to get into it in, in, a, in a little bit. Um, we'll get into like sort of a bit deeper into the calisthenics and, and what sort of drives you in that. But just, I'm just thinking, just because there's so much to, to that backstory, like I said to you before we went live, said, you know, everyone's got a story and we, we want to hear what that is. The Redefine Your Impossible that, that sort of caught the eye to us was obviously when you sent us uh, that you'd been, we'd seen you working on your ring muscle up and get into that. So, but I mean, from I think there have been quite a few from that the whole way, to be story, honest. And the first was, one was just what was the most impossible again part of that and to get over with it and finding that that way to make it stick because like you said it had been pretty much a decade to be honest and the first one was just yeah. getting started again and sticking with it and finding that that way to make it stick because like you said it had been pretty much a decade that it was kind of on again off again and when i started working with a trainer i told her i said one of the one of the biggest fears i have about this is that that i'll quit that i'll stop that i won't that i'll <laughs> yeah. just be back off worse than where I was when I started. And she looked at me, she said, Amy, you're not going to quit. I see it in you. I see that passion. I see that fire. And having her believe in me helped me learn to believe in myself. Yeah. And when you find a great coach that can do that, can help you see those things in yourself that you've seen as your impossibles. That was my, my bodybuilding coach and then my powerlifting coach. Both of them are incredible people and have seen so much more in me than I saw in myself at the time and helped me to learn to learn to see that and learn to realize what I'm capable of. I mean, from like I said, stepping on the bodybuilding stage was one way of redefining my impossible because I was impossible because I was really kind of shy at that time and afraid to do those things. For bodybuilding, I mean for powerlifting, I remember looking at the barbell and seeing people deadlift um 135, one plate on each side and think, wow, that looks really hard. I don't know if I can ever do that. And then the next time it was wow, I wonder if someday in my life I'd ever be able to do two plates. That's for really strong people. That's not me, which was 225. <laughs> and now I'm probably five pounds away from lifting three plates on each side. So <laughs> yeah. things that I never saw myself as being able to do that. And I'm like, it's going to take time and consistency and effort and work. But when you put it in and when you have that passion for it, you're going to see the results. 
And I guess when you've um, when you've when you've been through that process a few times, it doesn't matter that it wasn't to do with calisthenics. So when you got into calisthenics, and you like everyone, I'm sure the first time you tried to do a ring muscle up, it felt impossible. But you Absolutely. you knew that there's a process that actually all these times when I've had these other things I didn't think I'd be able to do, I just actually need to figure. It sounds like you needed to. One thing you always did was when you got yourself a coach that could actually like teach you and show you it and guide you through, and then that presumably it's just a lot of a lot of consistent um hard work my, my, before tim's got a question i just wanted to ask um what are you t- what are the two what are you did you say you got two girls yes and what are their names sarah and samantha sam so what does what does sam and samantha uh, sarah, sarah. Sam. pardon Sam and Sarah. Sam and Sarah. What do they think of like strong mum now, or like what do they do? They see you training. Do they do they like to try and train as well? Like what's they the do, yeah. what's they that relationship? Like? And they're they're so proud of me. Like if, it, if we go and meet somebody out of the house um, near one of the times of my competition, all they want to do is like, Mom, tell them about your competition or your meet or what you did or how much you can lift. <laughs> and I'm like, and like Mom, flex. Really. <laughs> it feels really awkward for me, but I love to see that pride in their face. And I, um, we have a little. Um, Door gym, doorway gym where we have a pull-up bar and you can hook rings to it, hook a rope to it, different yes. things. And my six-year-old loves to get on there and she'll see me working on back lever progressions or skin to cats. And then she just goes and mimics it. And the other day, I, yeah. I don't know if you guys might've seen it on my Instagram or not, but I was, I've been working on my L-sit from the floor and that's like one of my impossibles, like just getting my feet <laughs> off the floor. And she looked at me and she's like, Mom, I was over here huffing and puffing and trying so hard and straining. She's like, "Yes, I did see that. That's easy." (laughs) And then she hopped on the floor and she did it. (laughs) Kids are so annoying, aren't they? (laughs) They're annoying, but they're cute. They have that that pride there of me of like, oh, look what my mom can do. But also them of just like, I want to be able to move like that, or I want to try those things. And I'm strong like mommy. And, and I really love yeah, it. Yeah, no doubt you're inspiring them for sure. I think that's so important. And I read something a while ago about um, before Jack was born about um, inspiring kids to live a healthy, active active life. And it was saying that you, you, you need to get your kids to see you doing it. And it's setting examples. And I think they do, yes, they've got their own personalities, but they are mini-me's. Like Jack sees me hanging on my rings and <laughs> my bar. And when he's when he wants to, when he chooses, that's the thing that he wants to play with. Like he just he, he just does it. Like And, and it's, it's setting examples for them in the way that we eat and the way that we live and, and particularly around movement which is going to set them up to enjoy moving and see movement as fun and that sort of leads me into one of the questions that I wanted to ask was when you got to the tipping point of saying right I'm now going to stick with training I think a lot of people will find if there's if anyone's listening to this and they're sort of trying to get back into training or they've been to that before they'll relate the first block of training is the hardest right you, you decide you're going to take something new on you're going to build up your running you're going to do something it hurts and you go out and you run you're like oh, crack it that was hard and but unless you stick with it it doesn't ever get easier but there comes a tipping point where all of a sudden it now becomes enjoyable and you seek that you mm. want to find that but I think that is so closely linked to ultimately that thing has got to become enjoyable have you found that with, with your the powerlifting with the bodybuilding and now with the calisthenics how much of it is is around just what you enjoy where do you get your the f- sense of fun and excitement and and ultimately that does it does it now feel like play and, and does calisthenics feel different to what you would do when you were more weightlifting orientated um, really what's been the defining factor for me all along is to find something that i love that i enjoy and so mm. as my interest and what i enjoy evolves so has my focus and priorities in in training um 
But yeah, for me, it was kind of setting up that routine and just making myself be there and show up in the gym in the beginning, because like you said, it, it was hard, but I was accepting it as a, a lifestyle change and putting in in my schedule, just like I'd put in going to work into my schedule. Like you just, you just do it, you get it done. But then when you attach those, yeah. those goals that go along with it in terms of the bodybuilding, powerlifting, and now calisthenics, um, it really helps kind of knowing your why, but also having a bigger, a bigger goal that you're working towards at the time. And I think working with my bodybuilding trainer when I was doing that, I knew that I loved the powerlifting too. And what was really driving me was the barbell. And I said, I want to do this. I want to do the bodybuilding, but I know you're not used to doing squats this way. That's the standard way for powerlifting, or you don't do as much bench press where you actually touch your chest, but I want to learn, I want to do the movements and incorporate them this way and find that balance across what I love and what I enjoy, even if I'm training for a different goal in terms of competition. And that's evolved as I've gone now that I'm training for powerlifting. Um, but wanted to incorporate the calisthenics. I put powerlifting on the back burner for a little bit and finally let calisthenics be that that priority that I'm focusing on. Yeah, yeah and the last thing I learned, like Jack, I jump on and probably get into a bit more around this, the specifics of the calisthenics. Something you've mentioned, which I think is really key, is in each one of those situations where you were trying a new activity or you were trying to improve your ability, you surround yourself by somebody who could guide you and support you. And that adds to that accountability. So you had a coach for bodybuilding, you had a coach for powerlifting. I think a lot of times people, um, they get lost and they fall off a little bit because they haven't got that, that direction. They're not getting the progress. And I think that's so important in actually feeling like you're putting all this work in you want to see yourself move forward and we have to surround ourselves with people that are, are going to, have to help us to, to guide in that process and I feel very fortunate that we get to do that with calisthenics I know we sort of we're not actually in Atlanta and we can come and visit but um, <laughs> you've had the gym that you train looks great but um, but yeah I think it, having that having that resource of those people who can inspire you but also show you the right way yeah Absolutely. I was going to actually ask do you have do you have a, a training partner or there's obviously someone filming your uh, your ring muscle graduation set on hand but do you, do you train with do you train with anyone or that's very creative setups with a tripod or leaned against a water bottle with the phone for my, uh, <laughs> for all of my we've got one of those so. too yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. use that one the water bottle <laughs> tripod it's, uh, it's a good one actually shoes make a good tripod when you don't have one there too you know? um, yeah. I don't have a training partner uh, actually okay. every now and then I'll meet up with a friend one of my powerlifting friends um and do some training together, which is always fun and motivating, but normally it's just me pushing myself um, on my own earbuds in, focusing, watching you guys there on the on your tutorial <laughs> videos. In the gym. Trying to, <laughs> yes. Um, which is, I mean, I like sometimes, I like a lot of the time to be able to get into just my own head and focus and be there and, yeah. and push myself in that way. But I do also wish sometimes that I had a partner there to work through it, especially with the calisthenics play. I think I would be a lot more comfortable doing things that I really don't quite know what I'm doing yet if I had yeah. somebody else there with me also trying the same things and yeah. looking like an idiot which is how we started <laughs> exactly. I think that was I don't think I don't think my calisthenics would have gone in the same direction if we hadn't been doing it together because having somebody else who's just mucking about it gives you the freedom to just to, to have a laugh because if there's two people enjoying it you look like less of a weirdo don't you exactly <laughs> Tim's got the shape in it as I normally look weirder, so it's, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. um, so with, then with um, one of the things, it, maybe not necessarily in chronological order, but one of the things that um, I totally get, like your um, what you said about why you started Dream Scrum account, and I've got to give a little bit of a shout out to Gem, Fit Gem, Addict, Addict, Addict yeah. Gem. I'm going to get it wrong, Addict but Gem, Gem Hallam, um, that she on hers, hers Instagram literally bio said, um, 
this is like proof to my kids of like what mum can do or that that type of thing. And I, re- I really like that rather than it being, um, you know, it's, it's not a look at me type of, of thing. Um, and you can, you know, you, your Instagram is now pretty impressive with the things that you've worked up to be able to do. And it's even more impressive hearing um, how long it's took to, to get to that point. Um, but sound hearing that you do quite a bit of that sort of on your own or you've done stuff with just a singular coach before, how have you found, have you found the, the community side of things that, um, you know, something that me and Tim never we started doing calisthenics and the, the school cousins we didn't expect the that whole like togetherness and community of people that are you know constantly encouraging each other and a lot of the time it's it's through Instagram and it's through that connection and it's it's real human connection but it's just over the internet because you're on the other side of the world or whatever how have you found that um I've really built strong virtual connections, both for not so much in bodybuilding, but in powerlifting, the community around it's really strong and I managed to connect with, generally there's a few key people that you connect with and then you just stick. And I've been following these people's journeys for two, three years now, and they've been following mine and we, each other's biggest cheerleaders. I feel like I know them in real life, even though, (laughs) even though I don't. And then that's one thing that, that brought me to you guys and made, made me kind of be your fans from the beginning was the fact that not only did you break down things in ways that I could understand and that made them accessible to me with someone for someone with no background in any of this or background in gymnastics, but also you built this community around it and you can see how invested you guys are in the community to see somebody who has, you know, as many followers as you all do actually respond to every single DM that comes in and take that time and acknowledge the people that are becoming part of this community. And then, fit out at Jim I knew exactly who you were talking about because I I connected (laughs) with Jim and we actually messaged back and forth and she's a mom and I'm a mom and so we had that kind of instant coming from the same place connection and yeah she's given me tips on how to work on on different things from her experiences and yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, it's we, really it's interesting. It's just one of the things that you, you said that we we didn't we didn't build the community. The community is 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 the people that's out there, and we just feel uh, just grateful and privileged that like we're a part of it. You, I guess, you guys might see the school calisthenics as like that's you know messages coming in and and, and feel it, and it always it's it's nice. But at the same time, I feel I've said this to Tim before. I almost feel a little bit sad when people are like surprised that someone answers a message because why wouldn't we answer like sometimes it takes us a few days depending on how busy things are and whatnot but um if someone takes the someone wants some help and we think we can help them like that's what that's what we're here for and um i guess i just without completely swamping ourselves i just want to keep encouraging people that to to do reach out and do connect because it's we find it it's as much uh we take as much I'll take more inspiration and motivation out of this conversation with you than you'll get out like I feel like I'm benefiting more out of this so I feel like we want to we want to give back as much as we can because but that's just that's and that's I think that's what the beautiful thing about the community that as you say has has I wouldn't say has been built has just grown is that it's just happened on its own because people have wanted to Connect with each other. Right from the start, the School of Calisthenics was never about us. Our Instagram profile was never going to be about showcasing what we can do and how good we are because we actually weren't very good. We're still got, (laughs) still great now. Um, But it was always trying to be about like just trying to take what we learned because we struggle with giving that to other people. And we've done a couple of of conversations with people recently in the community, and it it genuinely gives me like goosebumps when you when people say that sort of stuff because it's yeah that is exactly what we wanted to do. So the fact that you you receive that and and that's what the that's what your experience of, of what we're trying to do is 
is amazing and it, I think when we come down to it like Jacko said it is it, we're humans and we like connecting and community yeah. in, in modern day life goes at such a pace that often you don't even really know your next door neighbour um, and I think people are, are searching for that and, and they want to feel part of something and, and we want to bring them into this positive space where we can just encourage people to do stuff they can't do because or to things, do things, the things they might think are impossible because how does that affect everything else like your mindset changes if once you've started to understand that okay you can go on stage and under bodybuilding or powerlifting competition and that freedom that it gives you to then yeah how does that affect you as a mother how does it affect you in work relationships all that sort of stuff so much bigger than just some ring muscle-ups yeah which let's talk about yeah. ring muscle-ups well, let's, yeah, can I, I wanted, I've got a question that I've not asked uh, someone before I think it'd be quite a cool question as um, when did you so when did you first I've asked this before like when did you first what was the first thing you saw of us or when you, when did you first come about the school cast days? but my, my real question is what was your impression of those two idiots when you first like what was the first impression? I just think that'd be interesting. That very much depends on what the first content was well, that yeah, you saw. Right. Like it right. could have been a very well professional video of us in like proper mode, or it could have been us in the gym going, "Can you do the thing on that beer keg?" <laughs> so I came across the professional uh, version first. Uh, first uh, up, yeah. um, it's actually <laughs> looking around on YouTube looking for tutorials on how to do a muscle up, and I came across some of your uh, videos. Okay. I think. Um, the five reasons you can't muscle up yet or something along those yeah. lines. And maybe it was that one or another one where Tim actually is on the whiteboard and drawing the force velocity curve and talking about the uh, need for power and that. Very scientific. Like seeing it broken <laughs> down from that scientific perspective, I really appreciate it because you're not see that's not what I was hearing from other people. And it, I was having a hard time translating it into what I needed to change about my training, which I'd been doing pull-ups and other things like that, but I had not been training yeah. them with power like you guys yeah. see so I found you yeah. guys yeah. there first and from there ended up on your Instagram and that's when I found the whole community you built and everything else and <laughs> how long ago was that then? Um, I think it was probably was around I bought the bar or the muscle up framework from you guys back in August yeah. so it was a little bit before probably early okay, August cool. Yeah. And when did when did the goal when did you set yourself that I assume you have it was it was a goal because you were working hard towards it when did you decide that right right I'm going to go after the the muscle up. So I got my first ever pull up July fourth, twenty fifteen, <laughs> and I remember that day so well. Is that Independence Day? <laughs> yeah. When's Independence Day? That, it was yes, it was. The gym right? was closed. Yeah, July. I, I had a key to the gym thankfully because the the owner's pretty cool and stuff, and so <laughs> oh, wow. I was there with a couple of people and a couple of people who were also training and and got my first pull up that day. And I'd seen people do muscle ups before, and I was like, wow, maybe one day I'll be able to do that. But it was more of a I want to do that because it's really cool. Not that I'd set a defined goal. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it was always in the back of my mind that I want to work towards this. And I'd seen those videos or different tutorials that I'd come across online kind of looking, you know, about how would I learn to go about doing this. And it was, had these kind of arbitrary cutoffs of you need to be able to do 10 strict pull-ups, X number strict dips, this type of thing. Yeah. And I was stuck at probably four, five, six pull-ups for a long time. And I was like, I don't think I'm strong enough yet. I'm not going to start working on that yet. And then as I got up where I was doing eight to ten strict and then it's like maybe i can really make this a goal that i start working towards but soon found you guys yes. and realized that probably could have started a lot sooner in terms of training that power and the movement pattern and other things and would be further along towards towards where i'd wanted to be um but i started being really focused on it as a goal after my last power meet and powerlifting meet in december i said i told my coach i'm gonna take a little bit of time and take these calisthenic goals that i've had in my head for so long of wanting to do and actually write them down make them goals and work toward them consistently like i do for did for powerlifting or still do 
So, so what's been on the calisthenics agenda for the last period of time? Then, so obviously you, you ticked off your ring muscle up pretty soon, which is amazing. We'll probably yeah. feature that in the in, if um, that was that we put it on the graduates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so your bar muscle up as well is that one's locked in. Yeah, that was actually before ring muscle up, and that's the one that I really, really want. Um, and I actually yeah, started working on the rings badass. after I got your guys's framework, and you explain of how you know I thought it would be harder because of the instability of the rings, but reading you guys explain through how you have that space to move through the rings, and that it yeah. actually might be a little bit more achievable. I was like, well, let me build this in as well, and then you opened up the virtual classroom and the bar muscle up classroom wasn't there yet wasn't um, there. and so yeah, I was yeah, like I bring muscle up that's my focus and so yeah we've got that one and so working you worked through that in the how many how many sort of weeks were you working through that in the in the virtual classroom to get to end up getting you I remember seeing one like you were so close I was like this is around the corner Told <laughs> me. and that that exactly when you commented that and you, on my post and you said you're there, you're right there, just believe. And you had all caps, believe. And that resonated with me so much because of ah, that same idea. And then I wrote a, yes, and I wrote a blog then about that. That actually prompted that blog because there's a, well, to shout out to Gem again. She's, as I've said to her, like, you're flipping next. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing that actually. The thing with that, I want to just touch on that very quickly because that point of, it's like powerlifting, right? When we've trained athletes in the mm. past and we're going to go, right, this is a one RM, we're going heavy. You've got to get this bar off the floor. And when you walk up to the bar, you have got to expect that bar to move. Because if you walk up looking at it and go, looks a bit heavy, don't know if I can do that. You might as well not bother. Like that bar's not going anywhere. Pretty heavy. Yeah, but when you're talking like power-based movements, like muscle-ups, you have to, you have to get your head in the yeah. game and you have to expect it to happen. Because if you're already going into that pool going, I don't know if I'm going to make the transition, just don't bother. Like come back at it another day or just do some strength work. How have you found like the mental side of that in terms of approaching um, calisthenics training and, and has what you've done in the past around your powerlifting been useful? Absolutely. It's been useful for powerlifting, for calisthenics and for honestly everything else in life too. It just kind of, kind of translates of having that mindset and getting back to that idea that I touched on earlier of learning to, to believe in yourself and what you can do. I mean, one of the things my coach tell, has always told me at a powerlifting meet, it's like, you've already done it. You've lifted this. You can do this. You know, it's, it's just kind of hammering that in of you've got this weight just sometimes you won't even tell me how much she's putting on the bar for my next attempt because yeah. it's just you know just know up go out there and you have that heavy weight on your back you walk out of the squat and it feels like a million pounds but just know you're going to go down and you're going to come back up because you've been working through that movement pattern you know what you're doing and it's the same thing with a muscle up but I still didn't feel like I was like well I don't not being unfamiliar with the movement I didn't know if I was getting you know high enough in the pool to yeah, make yeah, that transition yeah. and hearing somebody that knows what they're doing, saying, you're there, you've got this, just believe and do it. You know, I went to the gym and actually that was my deload week. And I've been doing powerlifting too. And I'd had like um, max, pretty much max lifts of four rep maxes the week before. And this was supposed to be a deload week from both powerlifting and calisthenics. My CNS was shot. I was feeling awful. I was supposed to do like two um, pull-ups, I think is my, um, <laughs> for <laughs> yeah, the yeah, day. And I did that pull-up and it just felt so Good. And I was like, well, what if I try to transition? And I started pushing through and I like, I'm transitioning. <laughs> I'm like, Jack just said I could do it. Can I do it? And then I transitioned. But I was so burnt out then that I couldn't push out of that dip. And I was so mad at myself because I told myself, if I ever managed to do the transition, I'm surely not going to get stuck at the dip part. You know, we've been working yeah, yeah. on the dip part. And for the first time I tried, I actually did. And I had nothing left in me but I was not going to stop there. So the one that you guys posted the video, you see my struggle and my fight after I make that transition to just keep pushing and pushing because it's not going to count <laughs> if I don't lock those elbows out. And so <laughs> yeah. Eventually we no, got there. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely was... worked hard to finish that rep, but you transitioned and you were so deep and you got in there and you went for it and you kept going for it. And it was literally, you could see like now and know more about your background. I can see that thing of like, you don't stop pulling halfway up a deadlift. Like right. it was the <laughs> same sort the of ground, thing. Like, just it. keep it moving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, it's, if it's off the ground, it's going up. Um, amazing like I loved it and, and uh, what I'm, I'm really like the people who listen to this on the podcast won't get it but um, there's something special about a muscle up and, and everybody gets it when you've come from a place of having to fight for it and, and you can see that glow on Amy's face and you can see like yeah. the buzz about it the smile and I'm smiling because I remember what it was like when we first did it just for people working on, on, the, on the ring muscle up and I want to ask a real quick question let Jacko jump in talk about false grip like it hate it just give people some encouragement that it gets easier because everyone gets into it going, oh, false script's hard, isn't it? Yeah, it's flipping horrible when you first start. It, it does get easier. And honestly, I knew nothing about it until I got found you guys in the and the guide and started working towards it. I'd done pull-ups on the rings a few times, but not with false grip. It was it was tough at first. And I've had, I had some wrist pain early on and really had to, um, I don't know if it was just from that or from the bar muscle up training or both, but I had to kind of adjust my training around that even though i was eager and wanted to learn i took a few steps yeah. back and gave my body time to recover but it does get easier with time i can do a good you know false group isometric hold for a long time now and it's not comfortable but it's not terrible either i mean you just, right. just kind of get can, used to it <laughs> if you can do that you must look is yeah in the bank it's the high pull and being able to hold high if you can do that you're going through I was just, um, I was, my only question on the, just to finish off the ring muscle up was, is there, if you were to give, if you had to, if someone was asking you, they see anything like, Amy, right, I'm going to do, I want to try and do a ring muscle up as well. What would be your like number one tip having, you know, been through that process really, you know, it's, it's very recently, it's very raw. Like what would you, what would you be a number one tip for someone wanting to, to try and learn the ring muscle up? Honestly, join the virtual classroom and follow, <laughs> <laughs> follow your guys. Answer. Because I had the, uh, the framework, which is absolutely excellent, but the way that you break it down in the virtual classroom of first, I could kind of assess where I was, honestly, and in terms of your yeah. end of module assessments and know kind of where my weaknesses were, where I needed to focus. But the way you break it down in a structured way, you have those progressions with progressive overloads. So you're working the different parts of the movement. You're learning to do the movement patterning, the, the banded transitions, I think were key for me and putting it together in my brain of, okay, this is what it's supposed to feel like. As yeah. you let's, let's, let's talk about just, just because, um, not that it isn't, but it's, it's always like, you couldn't have said a better, you could have said, for us in terms of like, You're welcome. But there, you know, say there's like little, little Jimmy's out there and he can't afford to, to, to join the, the, the classroom because of whatever reason. Um, but he still wants, he, he still needs some help. Like would that, you, it sounded like then would, would the banded, uh, transitions be like, was that the num was that the thing that I don't like the term unlocked? I don't know why I don't like that term, but well, maybe it is the right term, but is that, is that the thing that, um, was that the, like the number one thing that sort of gave you the brain, that feeling of getting through? That's what that put transition? it all together, the seated banded transitions and learning how to do them with a lighter band. Because I was doing with a heavier band, I wasn't getting as much of a feel for it. But when I had to do almost yeah. all the pulling on my own and it was just giving me just that tad bit of assistance to get through, yeah. um, I think it really was key for me and helping me understand what I needed to do to, to do it. But yeah. the other thing is just, you know, really working like Tim said with that fault script and getting comfortable in it and getting... And what I'm still going to be working on is trying to get even, you know, a higher pool so that you're not so deep when you get into that transition yeah. because that was really hard to get out of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've been doing some, we've got a coaches seminar coming up at the end of, uh, end of March and, um, 
we've been I've been doing some writing and reviewing some of the material and, and talking around that that motor learning component of actually and there's, it's so important when you're trying to learn something in calisthenics that you give your brain the opportunity to understand what it is that you're trying to achieve because it has no context otherwise and I won't go down a rabbit hole now as much as I would, I would enjoy it and Amy and I can chat science but um that giving yourself those transitions or putting those into your program that's the whole point really of our movement patterning is like let your brain and your, your central nervous system experience the movement pattern and then it's a matter of just getting strong getting comfortable with it because if you don't do that it's got no idea what you're actually trying to do you think you know consciously you think yeah. oh I've got to get through the rings but until especially for those of us that are more kinesthetic learners until you feel it there's so many times in calisthenics where you'll, you'll do something like the movement pattern you go ah, okay I yeah. get that. That's what I need to do. And then all of a sudden, it starts to flow downhill a little bit more. Yeah, I think when you haven't done it, I don't think you... Th- I think you almost... you like... If for me, it was very much like, I can see what that person's doing over there. <laughs> yeah, but I can't and feel... they're moving through <laughs> the rings. But I haven't... I, I can't... I just... I don't know whether that, that's yeah. the same for everyone, but I don't... You know, I think that even... Like you say, you've got to get through that... Um, through that, and to that add, position yeah. and actually and to yeah. add to that a little bit I mean you're saying you know for those that might not have the resources to join the classroom or whatnot but just finding somebody who's knowledgeable like you guys are accessible to people who aren't members of the virtual classroom as well yeah, but yeah. you only know what you know and so as much as you watch videos and you record yourself and watch yourself back which by the way I think is a really excellent tool for kind of seeing where some of those mm-hmm. breakdowns come but sometimes you can't figure out like it, something doesn't feel quite right or it's not moving right but you need somebody else's feedback to kind of help you through that I think when I was doing the the bar bended transitions you told me something about keeping the elbows tighter and squeezing the biceps which I hadn't thought about but I started doing that and they felt so much more natural and I wouldn't yeah. have seen that on my own yeah yeah yeah, yeah far as a DM if someone wants a bit of help on yeah. there on whatever Jack will reply whatever. in the bath <laughs> so sometimes you get, like, in the, that's part of the experience that's free you don't get you don't get a video <laughs> reply in, in the bath that's always that's always oh, on the not. text no not oh, the I, I haven't, haven't dared do videos. that yet <laughs> so Amy we're going to start to bring this into to end a little bit just what are you working on now what is your next impossible I'm, I'm imagining it's probably multifaceted and you've got a number of different goals but um, what are you what is on the, 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 the sort of training plan for the next three to six months and is there one thing now which also looks impossible or feels impossible what are you now trying to redefine in terms of uh, yeah, your, your, your goals that you want to work towards and things you want to achieve? Yeah, so I have a both on the, the powerlifting and the calisthenics front. They're both, I've been trying to put the two hand in hand. I'd given um, powerlifting the backseat for a while up until actually these last couple of weeks. And now I've hit a peaking block with powerlifting and I'm going to be competing in just a couple of weeks. Um, and so that's the focus. And my big kind of goal and possible there is to finally hit that three plate deadlift, which won't be three plates because it's going to be in kilogram plates instead of pound plates, but still that's kind of the marker <laughs> in my mind of around three fifteen pounds. Um, big goal for me. And then nice. calisthenics wise, as soon as that meets over, I'm going back to full focus on the bar muscle up. I am determined. Okay. I feel like I have so far to go to get that pull high enough to be able to make the transition just to get that power there. It's been very frustrating and definitely feels impossible lots of times, but I'm just trying to break it down in little pieces and looking at the things that I am accomplishing on the way and where I started just getting my chin above the bar and now I'm able to get it down to my upper chest. Eventually, eventually it'll get there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's the, you, you know, the thing that's exciting for me about that is you know the process because you've just got to do a similar sort of thing to what you did with the ring muscle up in terms of actually learn what that, that movement sequence looks like with a band. So teach that full movement pattern. But then you're just going to, you're going to go into a space which is really comfortable for you because it's it's just consistent overload on the strength. And it's the same protocols that you were using your powerlifting before, just like each week, we're just going to add 
a little bit more weight to the bar. We're going to change the reps and sets. And I'm, I'm doing some stuff or have done it. I need to bring it back in, but some work on my front lever. And it's just, it's not glamorous. And I think that's the one thing which is, is maybe just comes out of your story is sometimes that you just got to do the grinding bit. Like it doesn't always look sexy. The bit that we put on Instagram of the full ring muscle up is like amazing. But what goes into doing that first bar muscle up is probably three to four months of just really fairly standard mundane strength work because you've just got to put strength in the bank if you're going to be able to do a power-based movement. I mean, power is force times velocity so you've got to get strong and you've got to get fast and you can't avoid it unless you want to kip but that's not the what we're down with that's all I've got to say about that Jacko done <laughs> got the mic but it's yeah. not a mic stand you take it yeah I don't know if that probably wasn't as profound as I was saying but it's people no. are like oh what so you need to go and lift weights well yeah <laughs> get strong but it's not it's not exciting like it's it, it, but it that's where the goal if the goal is of value so muscle up is like something which means something to your front lever means something to yeah. me so I know why I'm doing it if someone said why are you getting strong and I'm like I don't know I just want to get stronger like that's not I'm not going to stick at that yeah. I'm going to bounce around all over the place yeah. well and you talk just give it sort of uh, using powerlifting terms talk about like compound movements mm -hmm. uh, and getting like bang for your buck like when we're talking about calisthenics and upper body strength like having a strong solid pull up where you're doing multiple reps with additional weight attached to you is going to benefit you massively for your muscle up 100% is necessary but it's also going to help for all sorts of other pulling based movements you might then want to go and do as well so it's not it's giving you it, you have got the focus of the bar muscle up but one of the things you're going to use to train it is going to actually help you with lots of your yeah uh, your, your, your pulling work I want you to experiment for this actually I mean, when you get into handstand because is a handstand on the, on the menu for the future it is yeah that's my other besides the the bar muscle up handstands one that i'm working on um simultaneously i've actually started the frog the handstand okay. classroom awesome yes. i'm interested to see what your handstand training does for your bench press you can report back to us on that one because i reckon yes nice i've actually for my sweetener. power lifting just as a little aside training that i've been doing leading up to this meet for all of my general things that i would have done overhead press type movements or military press with dumbbells i'm actually doing pike push-ups and yes. push-ups and building in the the calisthenics that i find the joy and have fun doing in with that and so i'm interested to see how it, how it all works out too yeah. give well, that girl a merit yeah she top of the class unbelievable yeah. well the other one to throw in there just very quickly and we, we don't need to necessarily discuss it but is because we had a conversation about this before with some not on the podcast but with someone um deadlift and back lever and yeah. that posterior chain and actually those two bad boys go that, that while well, someone someone wasn't doing any deadlifting and I can't remember what he said he increased his deadlift by but it was it was you know increasing deadlift without doing any deadlift training just because he was training his back lever yeah and it was it was pretty that was pretty sick so um Yes, there's a lot. It just shows you that we're we're getting. You can get crossover of training, and the thing. One of the things I love about um, where your story and what your your attitude towards your training is that you're you're finding what works for you, and you're 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 ebbing and flowing between two things that you're really enjoying at the moment. And I could imagine then if we speak to you in a year's time, there might you might start doing something. I don't know. You might decide you like tennis, and you're going to do tennis on what. But do you know what I mean that you're yeah. you're open to exploring different things, and you're going to see how which things work well together. And like, um, I guess having some you, there's some periodization to your training through just the fact that just very simply going, I'm going to focus a little bit on my calisthenics for this next period. Then I'm going to focus a little bit on my powerlifting, and actually the two probably really help 
each other nicely because you've got this this sort of like these these peaks and troughs of intensity of those across those yeah, two yeah. things and probably keeps it when you come back to it but when you haven't done any powerlifting for a while you get well not you know it hasn't been the focus for a while it's probably quite nice to come back and focus on it and vice versa when you come back to your calisthenics and I just think that's really it's it's, it's lovely to see because mm. some we get too many questions from people going things like um, oh I'm X years old, uh, do you think, can I start calisthenics or... Yeah, um, I'm 27. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah you sometimes there's that. And then, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, um, I, I also do this type of training. Can I do calisthenics as well? And, and with looking at things too black and white, and I think it's really nice that you, the blend that you, you've got with your training and how you've approached it. So well done. Yeah. I'm looking forward you may go back to the community one thing you mentioned before about one thing um, and something that we're trying to do more of in the future is create opportunities for to get people together and I'm so excited we did a handstand world record last year and the best thing about that day was bringing people together and seeing other people who have connect, connected virtually actually sort of get together and, and connect like they've been mates for years like real mates like in real life which was amazing so yeah. I'm looking forward to the day then when there's us and Fit Addict German there's Ian and there's loads of other people exactly. from the community connecting and hanging out I just think that's such a, an exciting thing for to be part of so Amy thank you so much for giving us some time I know that you've got to go off to work now and just go and save oh, yes what do you do for the yeah. thing you, mum of two badass at powerlifting bodybuilding classics, and someone will probably think well I bet she just I bet she doesn't work or she's got, how does she fit all this into her time what do you actually what do you do for a job Tell I'm a public health analyst at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and work on a global program to prevent birth defects worldwide basically a superhero <laughs> boom real life <laughs> So Amy, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for giving us um, giving us the time and, and just yeah, imparting your wisdom and experience. I think it's going to be so valuable for people to just unpick some of that stuff and apply it into their own situations and take inspiration like I know Jack and I both will do uh, from this conversation. So yeah, we really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for having me on and thanks for all you guys do. So there is nothing else to say other than thank you for listening and until next week. Class dismissed. Class dismissed.